James 1, beginning in verse 19, the implanted word. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. As we begin our thoughts here today, I want us to reset the stage that we've been studying regarding these precious words here that of our generation being a generation of angry people. We are a generation of angry people. I know you know that, but I want us to see it clearly today. And I want us to know that we, you and me, are a part of that culture of this generation. We can't just look at everybody else and decide how angry they are. It affects you and me. We've been born into this culture. And we have, over time, fully developed ourselves into people who too often are exactly what these words tell us not to be. We are slow to hear. We are quick to speak. And we are quick to anger. We are by nature an impatient people. We're accustomed to having instant access, instant service, instant answers to all of our questions. Needing only to speak into our handheld devices to access all of the wisdom that this world has to offer. And always also expecting an immediate and perfect answer to any question that we might ask or any dilemma that we might be facing. And in describing us here in these words of verse 21, we can see that God truly does know our frame. He knows that we're the way we are. He says, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. These words, filthiness and rampant wickedness, have an intensity about them. And we can clearly see it taking place all around us. We may not be able to see it clearly within ourselves because we tend to protect ourselves. But we can see the intensity of it all around us. The filthiness is one that is specific to immorality. Immorality. There is a moral filth that is present and it's being well demonstrated in every fiber of daily life around us. It seems that every conversation, every song that you hear, every news report, every comic joke is laced with depravity and immoral content. I think of pulling up my Fox webpage and right beside an article having to do with nations rising up against nations is a picture in an article of a woman who is barely covered with clothing. And on the other side of that article is some other form of immoral filth. Because that's what attracts you and me. 
you add just a little bit of an immoral content to what we're looking at and our eyes are drawn to it. Our attention. And then also this word wickedness is spoken about here. It truly is rampant. And the Greek words that these words are translated abundance, it's more than that. It's an overflowing abundance. Much more so, this wickedness is much more so overflowing than you and I will recognize. So, in this generation of people, in this culture, this is what we have. But folks, God is not just saying, and I want you and me to recognize this, He's not just saying that it is around us. It is. But as I said a moment ago, God is telling you and me in these words that it is within us. This command is to us personally. These words that I just read. Put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. These problems are within us. We have become a part of it and it has become a part of us and He's instructing us to put it away, to rid ourselves of it personally. Don't make any more excuses for it. Don't say, well, I can watch this particular program on television because it only has a few curse words or a few bed scenes or a few whatever other immoral content. He's saying, you need to put it away from yourself. Yes, you can take responsibility for your family, children, but what God is calling us to is a personal responsibility. Yes, we're going to have to still live in amongst it because it will not go away. It is the weeds of this world. And we're called to remain within it. But we must stop being a part of it. And we must stop letting it be a part of us. And the cleansing from this moral filth and rampant wickedness only comes from one source. There's only one way to remove that from us. There's only one way to put it away. It is through one source, this implanted Word of God. Put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. Now I confess to you that what I just read to you sounds much too mystical and not at all those usual practical and method-filled solutions that we're accustomed to practicing. You turn on most Christian programming and it will tell you all sorts of methodology on how you are to get rid of all of that moral filth in your life. And yes, there are practical things that you and I must do. But just doing those practical things will not remove the moral filth and and the rampant wickedness from our souls. The solution that God is telling us about is one that is far more of a mystery to us, but it works. He's telling us that by our receiving of this implanted Word, the implanted Word, that that is the foundational structure that must be laid first before any of these practical methods of behavior can begin to be practiced and can be effectual. Now how does it 
accomplish its work in us. It begins by this mysterious cleansing. I'm reminded of some of the simple words of Jesus as He spoke to His disciples there in John chapter 15. He says this in verse 3 and 4. He says, You are already clean because of the Word which I have spoken to you. Isn't that an odd sentence? You are already clean because of the Word that I have spoken to you. He goes on to say, Abide in Me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in Me. All this is mysterious. But let me say again, if you and I could by practical means remove sin out of our soul, we would not need Christ. We would not need for Him to have died there on the cross. We could have simply done these good things, practiced these good habits, and we could go to heaven. Christ would never have needed to have suffered. But it does not work that way. It cannot be removed that way. And so the mystery has to always remain a part of our belief. Jesus said that His disciples then and and you and me now, we're clean because of the Word which I've spoken to you. He says a similar thing over in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, where He says, I am not ashamed of the Gospel, for it is the power of God. Now, the Gospel is words that are spoken. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. And then he's saying a similar thing here in these words to us today. Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. The mystery, folks, that's being presented to us is that of how words are very special. And some of them, these words, are able to do things that the normal spoken words that we're accustomed to hearing cannot do. Are you ready to receive that kind of a mystical understanding, a mysterious understanding about God? Or do you just simply always need for God to be a little more practical? These words that he's talking about here, they can do things that words cannot usually accomplish. These words are able to cleanse us from our sin and save our souls. That's what he just got through saying. Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation. Words that are able to cleanse us and save our souls. An understanding that we need to accept from them is that these words simply are more than a vocal expression. They have power within them. They have a power that is resident within them. That as you read these words, there is power in them. There is power within what we read here each day. And it's beyond our ability to comprehend, but it's there. It's there. Jesus gives a little more insight into it with these words that I read a moment ago. From John 15, he says, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. And then he speaks of this mysterious 
abiding. He says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And what he's doing is he's presenting us with this circumstance of where there is this vine and we're a branch coming off from it. Do you know that branch can do nothing except what the vine tells it to do? I have a plum tree. I have seven plums on it this year. I'd like to have a lot more. But those branches that hold those plums can only do what the tree has designed it to do. Without that branch staying there, abiding in the tree, without the branch, as Jesus is saying, abiding within the vine, it can do nothing and it's going to dry up and it'll die. It is this nutrient special nutrient within the vine of Christ. The power of the presence of Christ. There is a power within His words that you and I need to reach on past this human rationale to understand. And it it gets accentuated when Jesus says, He who has eyes to see and ears to hear hear what the Scripture is saying to you. And so a question for you and for me today. Do you right now have eyes to see and ears to hear the mysteries of God? The mysterious presence and power that resides within both the Word of God and the words of God. Now, there in chapter 15 of John... God differentiates between those two. The Word of God and the words of God. Do you have eyes to see and ears to hear such mysteries as that? That mysterious power and presence that resides within these Scriptures, but also within this implanted Word that lives within you if you are a believer. If you do then you're going to be hearing what I'm saying right now. But if you do not have ears to hear and eyes to see, then all the things I'm saying here today will fall upon deaf ears and blind eyes. This goes beyond our mental faculties. This is a very spiritual thing. It's described in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 where the Lord says, that spiritual matters are spiritually discerned. And so it's a measuring rod for you today. Do you right now have eyes to see and ears to hear what I'm saying? Because I'm telling you what these scriptures are telling us. How can deaf ears and blind eyes be open to the precious truths of God? Let me say to you, it is only through the personal intervention of God's Holy Spirit Because He alone can give us the ability to hear and to see and to discern that spiritual discernment of these, what the Scriptures call the deeper things, the deeper and more spiritual things of God. The deeper and mysterious truths that are being given to us in these words that I've quoted to us is that the Word and the words of God truly are more than simply an expression of, that might come out of someone's mouth. Scripture calls Jesus the Word of God. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is the Word of God. He is this spoken expression of who God is and His plan. And this spoken expression of the Trinity of God that Jesus represents made the universe. It says in several places in Scripture, all He had to do was speak. He spoke, and the earth and all that's in it came into existence. All the angels, all the people, all the concepts, all the ideas that govern our world, all of them came into existence through this spoken word, which is the person of the Lord Jesus. Is that too mysterious for your mind to grab hold of right now? I want you to, because that's what these scriptures are telling us. Jesus and all that He is, His presence, His power, His concepts, His eternal plan and purpose, all of that is what He's speaking about here as being this implanted Word, this engrafted Word. It has been placed within who we are. No, we don't possess all of His power and His plans when He becomes engrafted into us, when His implanted Word becomes a part of us. But part of who He is really does become a part of who we are. We are truly the sons and daughters of God. That's not just a figurative expression. With the person of Christ and His Spirit abiding within us, we are God's sons. Now I want to take a moment and go back and give a little clarity to what I've been saying. This phrase that's being used here, the implanted Word, another Translation calls it the engrafted word. If read and comprehended by our own rationale, we might think, well, all we have to do, what he's talking about here is us reading these scriptures and them doing their work in us. And that is true, but that's not what he's talking about here. That's not what he's talking about here. That's not the sense of these words. What he is speaking about here is this understanding of a branch that will produce fruit wholly of its own, being implanted, engrafted into our person, into our character and our being. Just as when a branch of one tree is engrafted into another tree, it will bring everything from that other tree with it, producing a whole other new kind of fruit. And that's what he's talking about here with the Word of God. Now let me say that another way. Regardless of how corrupt and how perverse our nature was or how perverse it may still be, because of the effects of everything that we have been bringing into this life, all that moral filth and everything is still there. Though it is, through this mysterious interaction initiated and carried out by the person of God, this powerful and life-changing truth of the gospel being implanted in us, this branch, this, this new word that has been put within us, it's doing what he's saying here. It cleanses us from our sin and then it begins to produce fruits of righteousness in us. We become different. If you get out on your knees and you pray to receive Christ and nothing takes place, this has not taken place. I shared with y'all on other occasions. I prayed for three months that Christ would save me. I prayed that sinner's prayer. And it did not take effect. But at a point, it did. And I realized that it had. 
what was taking place there. God sensed in my heart that I wasn't ready to really do business with Him during those first three months. But by the end of it, I was surrendering to Him. And I was doing what He's talking about here. Meekly receiving this implanted Word. That's when everything changed. You and I will change. Why? Because this Word that's implanted within us at our moment of salvation really does cause changes to take place within our souls. We become different people. And it is from that moment on that He goes ahead and He does the next thing. He is the author and the finisher of our faith, we're told there in Hebrews. As the author, He did, yes, reach and and draw us into Himself in faith and salvation. But thankfully, He doesn't leave us there. He is also always providing all that will complete that good work that He has begun in us. This implanted truth that He has put within our heart and soul and mind, it begins guiding us into the next step of His plan. Folks, what I'm saying to you is this. It's not just a matter of opening these Scriptures. There's a lot of people this very day that are opening these Scriptures and they are trying to implant this Word within them. And that's good. But if they don't have Christ as their Savior, and if that implanted Word that comes to us at salvation is not there, then all the reading in the world is not going to help them. They're not going to understand it. He has implanted His Word within us. And this is what we read when we read Second Peter 1. Listen to these words carefully. His divine power, and that's what he's talking about, this thing that he has put within us. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. This thing that he put within us, it has power. And it is everything that we need for life and godliness. Everything that we need for daily life and for the godliness that will carry us through it. He says... Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. You see, He has taken away, by this implanted Word, He'll take away that moral filth that you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Folks, that is this mysterious power of the implanted Word working within us. Is that taking place in your life each day? Is that taking place in your life each day? Now before we close, there is something that's required of us. With all these assurances that He's going to actually put this powerful Word in us and change us, from these same, this same verse, we can see clearly that God says, no, I'm also going to ask you to do something. You now that you are saved, you need to exercise your will to do my will by putting away, do your part in putting away this moral filth and rampant wickedness. And that is turning that off of your television. That is not participating, not taking part in conversations that crop up every day. So you're sitting around the break table at work And all that's going on around you is people who are receiving pay from 
the same place that you are, and all they're doing is complaining about their employer. The hand that feeds them. Do you do that? Stop doing that. And not only that, get up and walk away from the ones that are doing it. Because they are only going to lead you into corruption. You don't need to leave your eyes sitting there on whatever appears in front of you, whether it be on the television or your computer. He's saying, put it away. Put it away. You and I need to humbly receive this word for it to become effectual. Now, He has put it there. He put it there at our salvation. But unless you put it into use within you, if all you do is take this information and have it within your soul and never use it, then you're going to surely grieve the Holy Spirit with your behavior and you'll quench the Holy Spirit with your behavior. And what He's saying to us now, our part is that we need to move on forward, step on forward in our receiving of this implanted Word within our soul. And yes, you and I are going to have problems because too often we've grown accustomed to all of the feelings and the fruits and the passions of all that moral filth that we used to carry with us every day. And so we might be reluctant to take these steps, but he's saying do it. You've got to do it. One of my favorite writers, Oswald Chambers, says that we need to be utterly ruthless with our sin. These things within us that want to hang on and cry out for mercy when we want to turn off that television or stop that conversation that we're involved in. But let me tell you, let me assure you that if you continue to participate in that, that will be the snake that turns right around and bites you again and again and again. It's just the way it is. That's the way of sin and that's the way of Satan. And so he says, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. And he's saying on top of that, I personally will guarantee it for you because my Holy Spirit is in you and He'll make it work. All you have to do is meekly surrender to it. So let me close with these words. They're just some of my favorite words. Matthew 11, where Jesus calls us to Him. He says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, and listen to this, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You and I are to have this meekness of Christ as we receive this implanted word. And he says, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray.